This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, my fellow project managers. Welcome, welcome to our PMP exam Q&A. It's 2022. Happy New Year to any of you who I have not wished a Happy New Year to. I hope you're well and I hope your first day back in the office, that is, was a good one. The purpose of our meeting today is to talk about the PMP exam and to answer any questions that you may have about it. It's going to be a brief meeting. I know it's pretty late on the East Coast. It's already 10 p.m., so the intent is not to keep you for too long, but rather to answer any questions that you have about the exam. Before we get started, we are going into a few words of wisdom about the PMP exam. And the first word of wisdom is as follows. If you're looking at taking the exam, In 2022, what you need is intentionality. It's been proven time and time again in 2021 by so many people that set their minds on getting certified that if you put your mind on it, you are obsessed with getting certified as your definite chief aim for a sustained amount of time. You're willing to put in the time and the effort no matter what, no excuses, you will succeed. I challenge you to try it. Set aside eight weeks max, eight weeks maximum. You will get it done. Now, I know some of you look at eight weeks as being too far, but there are many other students that have spent far less. Our most recent PMP guru who came on the program got certified in about seven weeks. The guru before that, and when I say guru, I call my students gurus when they get certified, right? The person before that spent two weeks, came on the program on the 4th of December and was done approximately two weeks later. It is absolutely doable, but you need to make the commitment. You need to decide to do it. And you know what? If you're really serious and you really want to get it done, I'll advise you to check out the schedule that I have prepared for students of mine who want to get this done. I'm going to send you a link. Those of you who are watching right now, time is nine minutes past 10 East Coast time. I'm going to send you a page where you can get a lot of free information about the exam. And right at the bottom of the page, I'll share with you in a second here, right at the bottom of this page, 
you have the PMP exam plan. It's a video. Click on the video, open it up in YouTube, watch it. I have a special link there where you can get a schedule that will guide you to success on this exam. You can see this video right here. I've got everything scheduled out. I've pretty much done all the heavy lifting for you. I've itemized everything that you need to do to get certified in 2022. The question is, will you do it? It's really up to you. The choice is yours. But I will make this available. Let's put that in the chat. And if you really mean business, you will go get this Microsoft Project file and use it to plan your success in 2022. Okay. The next question I want to address right off the bat from a student is, do I need to read the PMBOK Guide 7th edition? Where do I even start with this one? Because the 7th edition is now referenced as the exam study, part of the exam study material, not the entire thing is from the PMBOK Guide 7th edition, but it's the reference, which means questions that are used on the exam should be traced to a section of the 7th edition. So if you've not familiarized yourself with it, I would say do, but I've done a lot of that heavy lifting for you again. I've got two and a half hours of free video right here on YouTube to help you better understand the seventh edition. If you have not watched that video, I want to encourage you to do so. I'm going to put a link here again so that you can check out my video on the seventh edition. And let's put that in the chat for everyone as well. Okay, there we go. I see one of our friends here. Shalini, how are you? Your exam is on the 21st of January. Absolutely. I have quite a bit of advice. That's, uh, that's some feedback from our stream. Let me give you this quick piece of advice for your exam. If I were you, I would be obsessed with hammering down Agile because Agile is going to be big on your exam. I would also advise going to that link I sent you. There's a lot of free stuff on this page, but very importantly, you need to watch this 40-minute video. It's PMP exam tomorrow, the key Agile mindset. I'm going to put this as well in the chat. And um, I would advise that you watch it. It's about 40 minutes thereabouts. And um, 40 minutes, 25 seconds. Highly, highly advise it. Watch it and absorb the contents. It's going to help you. There's so much stuff that I would like to talk about today, but we don't have enough time. However, the videos that I'm sending you in the, in the chat... That is all going to help you. All right. So going back to the question that was asked, should I, you know, read this? I would say watch my two and a half hour video first. I have another one hour video for the PMP 
students. Let me look for that video as well. And it's just called PMBOK Guide 7th Edition Training for PMP Students. I try to make it simple because I understand lots of you have read the 6th edition. I think it's a bit cruel and unusual for me to ask you, oh, you are most welcome. It's a bit cruel and unusual for me to ask you um, again to go read another 370 pages when you've read 756 pages already. So my advice to you is to watch those videos I've sent you, know the principles, the 12 principles, get familiar with them, get into the groove of them, get into the psychology of them, and then also know what is in the domains. To be quite honest, what is in the domains is like a repackaged version of a lot of the knowledge area and process group speak, and then sprinkled with a, a little bit of team you know, hyper team understanding of how teams should really work. Because um, in previous editions, there was less focus on that. Now that a lot of the focus is on human interactions. And that's good. That's a good thing. But if like your exam is on the 21st, our friend Shalini, I, I would say, go through it, go through the 12 principles, but, but watch my videos, because they're going to make it easier for you. Read the 12 principles, read the eight domains, and um, some specific things to look out for, I'm going to be showing you um, tonight as well. But the PMP exam content outline, that is really big. It's a really, really big uh, aspect of your exam because, as you know, your exam is not based on the PMBOK guide. It's based on, it's based on the content outline, really, right? So today we're going to hear just some little snippets. I'm going to give you a few snippets from our live course you're going to be hearing from our buddy Roy he's going to be sharing with you little bit of thinking regarding the world of agile you see so your PMP exam to be quite honest is based on this idea you got 42 percent of the questions that are people at least you got 50 percent that is process but the process doesn't mean PMBOK. Process could mean agile or hybrid process. So the exam is very heavily agile, hybrid, people focused. And then you also need to split it 50-50. That's what the few outliers would say. The majority of people will tell you the exam is at least, at least 60% agile. Some people say it's got to have been 70, 80, or 90%. So go figure, you know. So when you take a look at your exam, you got to look at it through the lens of the PMP exam content outline. And then you gotta, you got to sprinkle the understanding of how the outline is broken. Let's zoom in here a little bit. It's broken down into your domains first, then understanding tasks, and then enablers. And then when you really have a good understanding of enablers, you'll feel more confident going into the exam. And that's why in our training, we go not only over the Agile Practice Guide and uh, the PMBOK Guide and the 12 principles and the eight domains and the, the, 10, <laughs> the 10 knowledge areas and the five process groups. I know it's already sounding a lot. But we go over the 35. I know, I know, it's a lot. But we help you. We do the heavy lifting for you. And we go over 
the 35 tasks. And one of the, the favorites that I'm going in today uh, on with my buddy Roy is managing conflict. Managing conflict is big, working with any team. How do you tackle conflict from an agile perspective? Who should be thinking about that? Who should be doing that? You know, so we are going to tackle that idea of conflict. So when we go through this content, just so you know, we take a hyper quick look at all of those tasks and we do it in a logical order, such as what you see on the screen. And some of you have watched videos where I've broken down the content outline in logical order. There's a logical order for it. The way it is in the outline is not logical because you don't begin a project or begin working with people by resolving conflict. That's not the first thing you do. You build a team, right? Theoretically speaking, you build a team. And practically speaking, if you don't have a team, then what conflict are you solving? And then you define ground rules so that when conflict happens, you got something to fall back on guidelines. Then you lead the team. You build shared understanding. You ensure your team members and stakeholders are trained. Then you mentor relevant stakeholders. You empower team members and stakeholders. And then you start talking about managing conflict and then engaging and supporting virtual teams, collaborating with stakeholders, removing impediments, supporting team performance, promoting team performance through EI and negotiating project agreements and stuff like that. But today we're going to start off, like I said, in the order that PMI has it. Yes, PMI has this particular order for it. That's what we're going to do. We're going to go through it in that order. We're going to hear from my buddy Roy in a little bit, and he's going to break down for you how to solve conflict from the perspective of someone in an agile world. Okay. So again, going into manage conflict, you have interpret the source and stage of the conflict, analyze the context of the conflict, because you need to know where is this coming from? What is the source? And then what is the context? What recently happened? What is going on? And then evaluate and recommend and then reconcile the appropriate conflict resolution solution. Okay, the tips and tricks we're going to hear from our buddy Roy. He's going to share with us how we should be thinking about this in the world of Agile. Yeah, now the first thing is that conflict is not always bad. We actually encourage healthy conflict. That's the, the first level of conflict, which is, you know, you have a problem to solve. And often we'll encourage a level of conflict just to disagree with each other um, and so that you get different perspectives and intelligently and carefully and in a healthy way, have some discussions about why we don't agree on things. And that's a good thing to have. We encourage diversity of ideas. That's how you get innovation and you get engagement. Now, there are also obviously different levels of, of, of conflict and some become very unhealthy where you have differences of opinion and they're just not ready to, you know, to agree. And it starts getting worse and worse and it escalates. And there are actually five stages of conflict conflict. And those five stages of conflict starts all the way from a problem to solve all the way up to world war, which is obviously not a healthy thing. In each of those stages, there are different kinds of things that the facilitator would want to do in order to help resolve these this level of conflict and de-escalate it back down to a problem to solve. Now, the primary person that's, that's going to be focused on resolving conflict is your scrum master, also known as the team facilitator. They are they are focused, one almost entirely focused on the health of the team, and conflict can cause an unhealthy team. So, part of, a large part of their job is the psychology, the well-being of the team, and that means helping to reduce the conflict and 
and manage it appropriately. Uh, again, conflict is healthy. Conflict is good if it's healthy. And conflict needs to be de-escalated if it's not. And sometimes if it's necessary, you get management involved. But that shouldn't be your first step. First step is try to work it out yourselves with your Scrum Master facilitating. Back to you, Phil. Thank you, Roy. Great stuff. Let's take a look at a very quick question here for our friends who are on the call. And it reads, two team members are arguing about a technical subject which is causing a major delay. You apply a technique to assist them in searching for solutions that bring some degree of satisfaction to both of them in order to temporarily or partially resolve the conflict. Which conflict resolution technique does this describe? Is it compromise? Is it smoothing? Is it accommodate? Is it collaborate? What do you think? I'll give you a few seconds to ponder on it. All right, three, two, and one. All right, let's go ahead and let's take a look at what the answer is. The answer to this is A. And the reason why it is a compromise is because smooth and accommodate are the same thing. That should have been a a clue. Let's uh, go back to the previous slide. So this should have been a clue. Should have been a clue that compromise uh, is different from smoothing slash accommodating, which is the same thing. B and C are the same thing. D, it's obviously not collaborate, right? It says, searching for solutions that bring some degree of satisfaction. This is a direct cutout of the PMBOK guide. Describes the compromise or reconcile uh, conflict resolution technique. So you do need to know your techniques. You do need to know the concepts around the Thomas Kilman conflict mode instrument, Depending on how assertive you are about your own needs or the needs of others, you could force or direct, collaborate or problem solve, compromise or reconcile, avoid or withdraw, accommodate or smooth. The more assertive you are, the more you're going towards either force or direct, assertive about your own needs. But if you're also assertive about the needs of others, in addition to that, you could end up being in collaborate or problem solve. But if you're more assertive about the needs of others as opposed to yours, you end up with smooth or accommodate. Believe it or not, this stuff is talked about to some degree in the seventh edition and the Thomas Kilman conflict mode instrument is referred to. So this is not far out stuff. This is stuff that already exists. All right. Going into the details in the sixth this time. It's very well covered on page 349, where you've got a breakdown of all the different conflict resolution approaches. All right. Any questions before we go into our next question? All right. So the next question is, if I fail the PMP exam, what are my options? So anyone who fails the PMP exam, they can take the exam again, but you have to pay for it. And I believe that amount, if you are a member, is 275. If you're not, then it's more. 
So if you fail the exam, you can take it two more times. Each time, of course, you're going to pay. But it has to be within that one year of your eligibility period. Uh, fees are associated with re-examination, like I said. So read the handbook and glean more information about that. Going back to the question about the exam, another question is, do I need to read the Agile Practice Guide? I know there are a lot of people who say they don't read any of PMI standards and they pass the exam, but I would advise you to read this one. This is the Agile Practice Guide. Great read. It's an easy read as well, but it has a lot of gems, a lot of nuggets. If you are getting ready for the exam, I'll give you some of the key pages to look out for in this document. Uh, in this one, I would highly recommend pages eight and nine. I would recommend page 18, page 19, page 14 as well. Page 50, 51, page 77, page 33. It's a lot of gems in here for your exam, okay? So don't just read this if you are taking your exam in 2022. Read this. The next question is, do I need to read the Pembrokeite 6th edition? Oh, dear. So it is no longer the reference but I'll tell you this, okay? This is your buddy, Phil. I'm trying to help you. If you are getting into project management in a formal sense, beyond what you've done in your real world, I would recommend you read the sixth edition and understand the top of the waves. I know a lot of people get intimidated when I say read, <laughs> read the book. And they're like 756 pages. No, I'm not reading it. I don't need to read it to pass. It's not about passing the exam. It's about being an asset. It's about being an asset to yourself and your organization. Because what happens if in the long run you are hired and you are meant to set up a PMO, you are meant to bring some structure and order, maybe it's even an, a hybrid PMO, and they're looking for you to recommend how to proceed with some very dense subject matter very very heavy process type projects what are you gonna do are you gonna say oh i didn't read that for my exam i need or maybe then you go study it up it's not ideal i would recommend knowing what is in the standard you could read it you could speed read i recommend to my students to speed read right um a really good resource for speed reading jimmy quick quick isn't spelt with a q it's with a k if you Google him, Jimmy K-W-I, I believe it's K-W-I-K. -K. I don't think it has a C. Let me make sure. Jimmy Quick. Yes, K-W-I-K. -K. You can find him on YouTube. Brilliant, brilliant mind for speed reading and getting your mind sharp. I'm like, there's nothing should prohibit you from taking the guide and reading it in two days just following some of his techniques. You have to learn how to speed read as a professional these days. So much information is thrown at you. And when you are a PMP, you can, you can trust you're going to get a lot of information thrown at you on the job. Why don't you just read, speed read, speed read, train yourself to do it or watch Jimmy's videos or sign up for his program. And I have no affiliation with him, but one of my students who passed the exam uh, about a month and a half ago, Carlos, he recommended Jimmy. And I actually knew about Jimmy before Carlos recommended him. So it was 
like a double uh, reason why you should check him out. You know, very, very good resource for speed reading. So what have we learned today? One, if you want to get certified, yes, you can absolutely do it. You just need to be intentional. You don't know which course to sign up for? Go to praiseon.com. That's P-R-A-I-Z-I-O-N.com. I will put our company name up here so that you can see it and you know what to look out for or which website to go to. Or better still, I'll just log in and show you. Because if you go to praiseon.com, there's all sorts of training that you can sign up for. Uh, and you're in really good hands because Praiseon has trained thousands of project managers worldwide from so many of the organizations you see on the screen and entities like the Federal Bureau of Investigation, NASA, U.S. Army, the Army Corps. So you're in great hands. We've done this over and over again for decades. It's going on two decades now. We started off training MS Project back in 2003 when some of you were still in high school. <laughs> you know, so we've been doing this for a while. Okay. I encourage you go on down to our website. It's spelled P R A I Z I O N. Right. Go there, find the programs we have available. We've got one on one training available. We've got group training. In fact, our next PMP course starts on Saturday, the 8th of January. We're not playing. We've already got lots of people who are looking to get certified. You might want to go uh, to our website and check it out. And we've got some deals going for training, really ridiculous deals going right now. Um, same thing for the CAPM. If you're looking to get CAPM certified, we also have availability uh, to help you. So I'm going to go to our website right now. If you go to the praiseon.com website, it directs you to project management doctor website. And if you scroll down, you see what we've got available, PMP exam training, CAPM training, one-on-one coaching, or if you want an on-demand course. Someone says fail, but I don't know which one to <laughs> I don't know which one to sign up for. And I'm like, how do you learn best? Do you learn best by talking to a live instructor? If yes, then that needs to be your course right there, the PMP exam masterclass, right? If you learn best studying alone and you're happy with that, go for the PMP uh, on-demand course. Or if you need one-on-one coaching outside of a group class like this, then go for one-on-one coaching, right? And then if you're CAPM, looking to become CAPM and you want a live course, go with that. We're starting January 5th. That's a couple of days from now. So if you want to join these programs, my friends, you need to go on to the website. Like I said, you can get there by going to praiseon.com, or as you can see on the screen, projectmanagementdoctor.com will also take you to our website. Okay. I am hoping that this answers all your questions about being intentional, going for a course. Know your 12 principles and your, your eight domains. Know Agile inside out and get into the think. Take a look at some of the links I shared in the chat. And before we go, we're going to hear one more time from our buddy, Roy. We're going to talk about another one of our favorite tasks in the content outline. This one is a whole lot of fun. This is not in the people domain, though. This is going into the nether regions of process. 
but it's one of our favorites. It's a really, really important one. So as the PMI continues to evolve and expand into the world of Agile, we got to talk about the concept of, that's right, you've heard me talk about it, the STACY model, the STACY complexity model. So if you are a project management professional and you're put on a project and you're given free reign to choose between agile or predictive or a hybrid approach, you should pick a process, right? A framework that gravitates towards whichever spectrum as relevant, stick to it and just do it. But you will be expected, my friends, to choose for yourself in many companies. Not every company is going to say, oh, do it this way. No, you got to choose. And how confident and comfortable are you with choosing agile over predictive or hybrid over predictive or predictive over agile as necessary? That is what my buddy Roy and I are going to address in the next few moments. Yeah, so this is this is something PMI has done actually quite well, and that is to help people understand which methodologies that you can make use of. Now, the Stacy diagram is one method that we can make use of, and just to remind everybody what the Stacy diagram is all about, um, we have these two different areas, or th- technically three different areas to, to 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 think about. There's the simple space, which is 100% agreement, 100% certain we know exactly what we're doing, and that might be one approach. That's where predictive thrives in that space. Then we start moving into the complicated space. We're still close to agreement and close to certainly certainty. There might be a little bit of variability going on, but it's really not that complicated. Predictive can continue to work in that space. Then we move into the complex space, the complex domain. Now that's where you have a lot more uncertainty. Now you have a lot more unknowns. If you remember, I think we went through this with this group. Uh, the two examples, complicated is kind of like assembling a watch. Follow the rules exactly every single step, and you're going to have a successful delivery at the end. Complex is more like driving to work. You know where you're going. You know generally how you're going to get there. You may have done it multiple times, but there's a thousand different things that could change how you actually achieve those results. So that's where Agile, the adaptive processes, start to really uh, uh, provide a value for you, where there's a lot of variability, or at least more variability that that agile handles that extremely well now you also may be all the way up in the anarchy space and believe it or not a lot of projects are based in this especially in the software world anarchy kind of rules it's not just complex it's chaos uh so in those spaces absolutely you need an empirical model and that is that that's what agile is based on remember the empirical process control methodology it's based on a way of handling this complexity it's a way of solving complex problems um, so you can you make use of these tools and there are different things that you can choose along the way. You could choose iterative, you could choose incremental, you could choose full on agile, you could choose full predictive, you know, based on the different domain that your project work may be in. Um, I wouldn't, I would suggest though, that if you are thinking about just a purely incremental or a purely iterative approach, why not just do agile? Because Agile does both of them, right? It gives you the value of both. So usually what you see organizations doing is not saying we're going to do iterative or we're going to do incremental. Usually what you're going to see is we're going to do predictive or Agile, right? So that's that's a more common approach. All right, back to you, Phil. Anything else we should talk about? Well, good, good points from our buddy Roy. 
the next thing we're going to look at squarely is the actual task. All right. So let's dissect this for, for a minute. It's, it's really a joy to see a task like this because it puts PMs in a retrospective position to ask, hmm, how do I do this in the real world? How have I done this? Have I even had to ever do this, determine the appropriate project methodology, methods and practices? See? And if you haven't done this before, it's okay. Just understand that as a PMP, if you are asked to do this, it is not far-fetched. So one, assess project needs. Assess the project complexity. Look at complexity, as I said previously, from the lens of requirements. And I'll put an R here for requirements. You've got to think about the requirements. Are they close to agreement or are they far from agreement? And then you've got to think about the T for the technicality, the technical process, the development being done. How firm are we in terms of how we do this from a technical standpoint? It could be software, it could be writing a book, it could be building a bridge. But how close to certainty are you in the methods, the technicalities? That's a question. When you have clarity on that, you can truly say, okay, based on project complexity from a requirements and technical standpoint, based on the magnitude of the project, I'm beginning to see why predictive may not be the best. This is a very, very complex project where things are unfolding by the minute or by the day. See what I'm saying? So... That's step one. Step two, recommend the project execution strategy, contracting and finance. In some instances, you know that it's a fixed, fixed, fixed situation. And no amount of bartering is going to get you out of it being fixed, fixed, fixed. So you know what I would love for you to do before you go into your exam? I want you to pick up this book I'm looking at here, The Agile practice guide and I want you to read the sections that talk about contracts in agile all right so if you follow me to page 77 in this book you get an understanding of what it means when you're executing and you're thinking about finance and contracting from an agile perspective as well all right again it's the agile practice guide it's on page 77 and it just reads As mentioned earlier in this practice guide, the Agile Manifesto values customer collaboration over contract negotiation. Many project failures stem from breakdowns in the customer-supplier relationship. Projects incur more risk when those involved in the contract take the perspective of winners versus losers. A collaborative approach is one that pursues a shared risk-reward relationship where all sides win. Some contracting techniques that can formalize this dynamic include the following. And you got a whole bunch of contracts, page 77 and 78. Those are really good to read. Multi-tiered, emphasizing value, fixed price increments. And even under a fixed price contract, you could use fixed price increments. It doesn't have to be firm fixed price and traditional and all rigid. You can look for ways of innovating 
even in your contracting. I think that would be brilliant for PMPs to be able to do that, which is why we get excited about this task. Task 13 under process. Number three, recommend a project methodology approach. Is it going to be predictive, agile, and or hybrid? And then number four, use iterative incremental practices throughout the project lifecycle. This is an even assessive you should. It's telling you, use these practices, which means there are opportunities for you to use these practices, even if your project isn't originally agile. Ask the question, how can I deliver incrementally to get value to my customers quick, to get feedback from my customers quick? That's the idea. That's what you need to be thinking about. And this will be tested on your exam. All right. Okay, my friends. Well, that's pretty much it. We had just three questions come in. If you have any questions or concerns, now will be a good time to ask them. We've answered the question about the exam itself. Uh, we've answered the question about PMBOK guides, reading the seventh and just not going overboard with it because I know some of you have read the whole 756 pages right, of the sixth edition. All right. And then um, I've shown you a couple of tasks. And this is just a tip of the iceberg. When we go in on these in our training, we go in a lot deeper. We go really deep into all the facets, the content outline, um, agile, process groups, knowledge areas, everything you need to know. All right. So thank you very much for joining me. I wish you a wonderful 2022. And I really hope you are going to succeed this time around. Those of you who have been looking at taking this for years, I hope this year you, you knuckle down and do it. All right. Thank you very much. In the absence of questions, I will say thank you and all the very best. You take care and bye for now. Don't forget to leave any questions if you're watching this in the future. Bye. Don't forget to leave any questions if you're watching this in the future. Bye. Did I hear someone say, I need a coach? For the PMP exam or project management? Hey, if that's you, go on down to pmanonymous.com. I'm accepting new students. Let's knock this exam out and let's get your career straight. See you there.